Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. You are listening to DCPL's Into the Library Verse on Full Service Radio, broadcasting from the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C. My name is Will, and I'm joined by my co-host, Portia. Hey, everyone. You're now entering the Library Verse. You'll meet the characters of the D.C. public library system. We'll explore the lives and positions of library staff members that you encounter every day. Today, we have two guests and a third guest, who is Will. Um, Will is co-host, but is also going to be a guest today. Um, for reasons you will soon find out. And we also have Julia, a branch manager, and Tracy, outreach manager for DC Public Library. So, say hello, guys. Hello. Hi. This is Julia. <laughs> this is Tracy. And Will, are you going to do a hello as well? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, f- I feel like everyone has, m- has met me before, but I'm Will. Yeah. So, um, today we just kind of want to talk about doing something special. We're going to talk about veganism and also being like food conscious and how that relates to your work and work environment. Um, Not everyone here is vegan, so we're going to kind of go around and talk about your food preference. Um, Do you want to start, Will? Oh, well, I wasn't (laughs) expecting to go first, but I can. Uh, It's fair. Uh, Yeah, so I, I am a vegan. As you said, I... Um, try to be really conscious about what I'm eating. Um, for me, though, that all started um, as a part of my uh, thesis in grad school, which sort of centered around... So for two years, I survived off of food waste. Um, so that wasn't strictly uh, vegan food, but it sort of led me down that rabbit hole. Um, so I will occasionally eat something that uh, has dairy in it, um, if it is dumpster dove, um, but I don't even need it. <laughs> uh, so this is Julia. So I am vegan. Um, I the hard line. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, and uh, I've been vegan since uh, about 2012, early 2012. Uh, I came to it gradually. I just found that my I, well, I saw the movie Babe when I was a kid, and then I was like, I can't ever eat, like, a pork product again, so, like, that rolled on for, like, decades, um, and then I just found, like, I didn't really, red meat just didn't make me feel good, and then, um, actually, I met my partner in grad school, he was vegan, he's been vegan for 15 years, um, and once I realized how doable it was, it just kind of clicked, and I was, didn't put pressure on myself to do it, but... It's stuck. <laughs> so um, I'm Tracy. I am not vegan, um, and I'm not vegetarian. I am an omnivore. Um, but I try to eat healthy. I want to, um, as a manager and as just a person, I want to make sure that I'm eating like organic foods or as least processed foods as possible. Um, And then also make sure that when I have something for staff, we can have that available to everybody. Um, 
As a child, I had allergies to wheat and dairy products, so I usually do not eat a lot of... I try to stay away from, like, bread and um, other types of carbs in that area, but also I don't eat a lot of dairy. So it's been very hard to eat healthy with not eating (laughs) a lot of, like, cheese, but also that also keeps me away from cheese. <laughs> oh, cheese is my enemy. Um, so I am Portia. Um, let's talk about, ooh, I'm a failed vegan. <laughs> I tried it a few times and I, I couldn't master. I love cheese. Real cheese is good. Um, um, as of right now, I only eat chicken um, as my only meat, and that's really, really rare. I kind of just eat eggs, and I feel bad about it because, like, baby chicken are cute. Um, but that is my current diet. Um, I'm a, I also fail at eating vegetables, so that's also part of my huge problem <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Even if you were still vegan, that is not necessarily, you would still not necessarily succeed at that. So you know. Also, uh, as a quick little fun fact, Julia witnessed my failed veganism <laughs> yeah. and saw me not eat vegetables even though I was a vegan. So. I, I consider, I think of it as a limited successful run, you yes. know, rather than like a, a failure, you know. Uh, well, okay, we're gonna call it a, wait, a limited, a limited su- successful run. There we go. You know, yeah. It lasted seven months, you guys. It was mm-hmm. difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was. Okay, um, so I'm glad that you guys talked about it. But what? So you already talked about your change and you as well as kind of having you want as a manager be a, like a good example. Um, so what? What part of your job has does it relate to? Like, are you able to find the food that you want to eat near your place of employment or? So that's interesting. Um, Working for the D.C. Public Library, I have worked all over the district, east of the river, multiple locations, as well as northwest um, and northeast. And the food gap, accessible food gap, is challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, When I worked east of the river, you would have to go into Maryland and the only things that were available for lunch, if you did not bring your own lunch, were fast foods. Mm -hmm. So to maintain a healthy eating habit and pattern and or when you try to provide food for your staff, breakfast, lunch, snacks at a meeting, um, you either had to bring it with you Mm -hmm. or you had to order out pizza or something to that effect, which is not always healthy options. Mm -hmm. However, in Northwest or in other areas of the city, it is abundant. Mm-hmm. You can go to a farmer's market, there's Whole Foods, there's all of these other options. It is getting better, but it's shocking mm-hmm. how much that is taking place. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up because we always, um, I used to work at Bellevue mm-hmm. um, like about a year ago and the closest thing to us in any form of like a grocery store was 7-Eleven. Mm-hmm. And that was, you can be vegan there. They have <laughs> bananas and apples. But as far as anything else, it was very difficult to have a well-rounded meal, a meal with protein. Mm-hmm. It's just not something that was in that neighborhood. And it points to a larger problem in D.C. is like I want to find food everywhere. And if I go to work and not even just as an employee, but as an employee, but as like a resident, I would like to have food. Where's my food that I can eat that's healthy and good for me? Um, what about you, Will? Uh, what's your question specifically? Can you find food? Um, 
He's, you he's mean in, at, <laughs> in, in which in which way do you mean at the grocery store well, or when you're at work are you able to find yeah like, so shepherd park is is i mean to be honest so i work <laughs> up at the shepherd park library to be honest i basically always pack my mm-hmm. meal uh mm-hmm. i've never ever bought food in the neighborhood where i work um I think part part of that is frugality, and mm-hmm. part of it is just wanting to have kind of control over what I'm eating. Um, but uh, that said, uh, I could. Um, mm-hmm. There there are vegan options galore throughout the city, um, especially for for me comparing it to where I'm from, which is West Texas. You know. Um, you might occasionally meet a vegetarian, um, and that would be hard. Um, but most people wouldn't know what, you know, vegan was. So if you went to a restaurant, you know, um, you could make your order, um, but they would probably get it wrong. Um, the, the number of times people will ask me, they'll say, oh, you're a vegan. So, so you eat fish, right? And no. Uh, so, um, so DC is a great place to be as far as if you're buying food now. Uh, if if this question was about like dumpster diving food, um, you know, it's it's galore. And, and then kind of to to Tracy's point, um, uh, for me when I was working on my thesis and doing the the dumpster diving, um, you know, food waste has a sort of economic sort of think about it where it is easier to get decent um, healthy food waste in a wealthier part of town Mm -hmm. um, than in a um, not so well-off part of town you know food deserts in dc are are very real um, across the board so something i think that Maybe we'll talk more about uh, as the show goes on. We definitely will. I had a sad face, you guys. I know you guys can't see me, but there was a definite sad <laughs> face about the food deserts. Um, what about you, Julia? Are you able to find food? I am able to find food. I am also often a packer for, for similar similar reasons, um, but I have always been lucky enough to find food. Um, and I think some of that is the mentality, though, that I just never expect people to have food for me and that's definitely something you touched on like trying to have that mindfulness with your staff and that's something I've carried forward too because I completely get it people are not thinking that way necessarily when they plan like a staff thing or you know something like that and um but it opens your mind in terms of not just vegan but like you know gluten-free or diabetic or like allergies or anything Mm -hmm. like that um these aren't often the, I mean, I don't, I hope like being vegan isn't like in the top five interesting things about me, but it's like one of the first <laughs> things that I have to share, you know? Um, and so I, and I know that's not everybody thinks like, oh, I need to share my like fruit allergy with someone, but um, it always makes me like mindful to try and ask. I just found out one of my staff members was like allergic to strawberries and I was like running through my mind like, oh no. <laughs> I think what you do is kind of define what vegan is and then also define what is vegetarian just so people have like a little context in case they're not sure um as the longest running vegan would you like to share what that would be <laughs> um, no no animal pro- so it that line gets blurrier than you'd think but the hard and fast is no no meat no eggs no dairy um 
Some people it will does carry start it. to get it so starts blurry. to get blurry. Some people will carry it into no honey. Some people will carry it into no white sugar, uh, for various reasons that um, Google can let you know about. Um, but uh, certain kinds of dye and some of the uh, yeah. food is is derived from animals. Right. So. Right. Um, for a long time, Guinness beer wasn't vegan. There are other beers and wines that may not be considered vegan because of their filtration process. Um, Guinness is vegan now, if anyone's curious. Um, but the hard, hard and fast rule, you know, no meat, no dairy, no eggs. Yeah. Okay, so what about vegetarian? What is that? You wanna? Uh, I mean, uh, I, I don't identify as a vegetarian, so I don't wanna <laughs> speak for all the vegetarians listening. So uh, if I get it wrong, um, direct your hate mail to Portia, who asked, <laughs> directed this at me. Um, vegetarian, I, I would perceive it to be somebody who, you know, doesn't eat meat, and yeah. I would probably stop right there. Mm-hmm. Um, that would, yeah, that's usually my understanding. Yeah. Well, because I also, I know of some people who consider themselves vegetarian, but then they will have fish, or right. they will have shellfish, right. or they, you know, or they don't right. have that. Like, right. it's... Yeah, like the pescatarian if you only do fish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's weird. I think how we kind of relate who we are. Like, I agree with you how you said I shouldn't be my food choice. Mm -hmm. However, it's something I have to talk about if I want to engage or connect with other people. Oh, let's have dinner. Well, what can you eat? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's like always the follow-up question. Um, I'll definitely say, like, I think restaurants are taking on this new trend now where... Well, I hate to use this as an example, but Chipotle. <laughs> Chipotle. Um, um, but they definitely have a trend where you can kind of pick and choose what you want. There's other similar places like Kava does mm-hmm. the same thing. Um, oh, my gosh. What's another place that, that does it? Kava's a good example of a second place well, that like does it as well. like sweet greens. Sweet greens. There we go. Yeah, chop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. That's a great example. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was losing my mind. I was like, wait, I know there's other places now. <laughs> there was a trend happening, and I stopped at the second one. Um, but there's no place where you can kind of pick and choose what you want out of your meal. And I think giving people, like you said before, choice, I now have control, and that's what people want. I right. think we're moving towards this um, new way of ordering food of I can pick and choose every aspect of my meal. Mm-hmm. I can pick my protein. It doesn't have to be um, a meat, and it doesn't have to – it could be chickpeas. Mm-hmm. Like, that's now my protein. Um, and pizza is very similar in that aspect yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's kind of interesting to kind of talk about how food is a big part of who we are. Um, not that we should describe ourselves as someone who's just this or that, but that's how we connect other people because you're not going to be able to have a conversation with someone if they're eating a huge steak in front of you and you're just like, ew, this is disgusting. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's really cool that we, we kind of have this conversation about, like, you know, like, why? Why did we get to this point? And, well... I feel that not just the United States and American culture, but for most cultures, it starts in the kitchen. Like, that's how some of your first memories is, you know, cooking something with your parents or over a meal. That's how you have dinner parties. That's how you engage, you know, with a new partner with, you know, you go out on a date and you get to eat. Like, it's just part of every day and if you bring it back to the library Mm -hmm. you need to have a certain literary base to read a recipe and that is a great way for parents to bond with their child over reading the recipes and making 
food, it's bonding, but it's also building those literacy literacy skills. So, I mean, it's just part of, I think, yeah. our culture. Mm-hmm. There's totally. a lot of math in that, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I never thought about that, how you can relate it to the library and as, as being an educational base of teacher child, like how to read the ingredients, what they are, um, even like what color is this as like a little kid because vegetables are aren't they usually green I don't know I don't stare at them too much <laughs> depending <laughs> um, but that's that's definitely a good point of like let's bring it back to if you want to do more engagement with your kids and be able to cook with them I would definitely say my mom cooked with me a lot <laughs> she does this thing where she makes banana pancakes and oh. as a child I love them mm-hmm. but as an adult I'm just like it's bananas and that's gross <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't like bananas? I I, <laughs> I, 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 I like them because I feel like they're clean because they have a peel. But aside from that, I'm not really a fan of bananas. Um, but is there any like health benefits that you notice from your diet? Um, well, I would I would go the other way for a minute and say that like people who go vegan to lose weight don't don't do that. Right, <laughs> I mean, I follow, follow your bliss, but, uh, you know, it's not, it's not a one-to-one. You can, you can eat vegan and be very, um, unhealthy. Um, so it's much more about a holistic approach and making sure you're feeding your body what it needs. Um, I, I don't think I noticed one way or another, um, my, like anything impacting, impacting my health. Um, Tracy, so it's funny because I used to work with this woman who was a vegetarian, and that is for many different reasons. Like she had, when she became a vegetarian, she actually gained weight because yeah. she was like, "There's no meat in M and M's." There's right. <laughs> right. No, you can you can be vegan. I mean, Mountain Dew is vegan. Oreos are vegan. Yeah. French fries are vegan. <laughs> and she's like. So, but because she didn't do, you know, even though she was a librarian, she had not done her research (laughs) um, and just was eating to make like fill meals, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily eating in a holistic Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And so you just need to make sure that with any type of life change with your food intake, that you're making a conscious effort to have a well-rounded meal. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have candy or fries every once in a while. No, totally. I mean, I, I speak, like, I, if I could eat pizza every day, yeah. I would. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. I, I, I speak from experience, so. Yeah. I will say, I feel like uh, Julia was trying to point at me a little bit about being a fake vegan and <laughs> unhealthy. That was definitely me. Um, for seven months, I tried to be vegan, and that meant vegan cookies, and vegan cake is delicious. <laughs> Um, I'm not really fond of vegetables, so <laughs> that didn't really happen. <laughs> so it was an interesting experience. I um, had headaches a lot because I wasn't taking enough protein. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't know that protein is based on your weight. So depending on how much you weigh, you have to take in more protein. Mm-hmm. And I don't like chickpeas. I just don't like the way they look. And I think I just had a lot of issues with being a fake vegan, and that's why I'm a yeah a non-successful or slight limited, successful yeah, run, limited yeah, successful yeah. run vegan. Um, but it's it's funny to think like I also tried 
other and I did for the wrong reasons I did it because I was like I want to get smaller and I want to like have a clear face and maybe that's just what I need to do is be vegan and in reality With it, I, it were that simple yeah <laughs> it feels that simple and in reality I just probably need to drink water so honestly <laughs> drinking yeah. water yes. yeah is yeah a tremendous we, DC Public Library coming out strong. Yes, yeah. very <laughs> drink your water, stay hydrated, and we have water fountains in yeah, all of our locations. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually interesting to bring up because there's still not clean water in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Flint is a great example of uh, how even in 2019 there's unfiltered water and people are not able to access basic things. Mm-hmm. And one of the basic things in your human body that you need is food and water. Um, yeah, just like right about like, oh, that's depressing. Another sad face, you guys. <laughs> um, but I'll definitely say like I tried to be vegan. It didn't necessarily work out for me. Um, I'm also trying to eat more vegetables. And as you brought up earlier about being a manager and making sure that your staff had decent meals, uh, two things to point out. One, when I was working at MLK before the renovation, and it's coming back soon, you guys. Um, MLK will be opening next, next year. year. Yeah. Um, 2020. Yes, 2020. You were excited. Um, one thing to point out was that my manager at the time, I'm going to throw her name out here and she'll probably hate it later, but Marianne, mm-hmm. um, she would make me vegetables and bring them to work and make me eat vegetables. <laughs> um, and she was not the only one who tried to make me eat better or tried to help me uh, loosen up my concept of food because I'm very weird about food. I, I feel like everything has germs. I hate to touch anything. Um, Will, actually, we worked together at MLK, and he would bring me snacks and usually candy because I have a sweet tooth and cavities. He would <laughs> bring me candy and then later on told me, yeah, I, uh, I found this. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think that I, I told you later. Uh, you may not have been paying attention, but I would bring so much candy because um, this... Uh, at, at that time, I was I was not a vegan. I was I was working on my graduate thesis, uh, and and in doing that, I was a freegan. So um, I would bring so much candy in because candy is so abundant, especially after holidays. Mm-hmm. And um, you know they changed the packaging, and so nobody wants to buy all of the Christmas candy that still is going to last another six months mm-hmm. um, or whatever. So I'd haul that in, and I was very upfront with everyone where it came from. And it was so interesting because at first, um, you know, the librarians, the LAs, you know, a couple of them were like, yeah, sure, whatever. I've dumpstered it before, no big deal. Um, And others were iffy. But over the weeks, I noticed, like, it slowly, slowly got to where basically everyone was eating the candy. Um, And I thought that was hilarious and awesome <laughs> yes i was very iffy i was like where did it come from uh, but then they were it was really yeah bad. i mean it's all in the packaging so i mean how bad can it really be oh i like that also i want to bring up the fact that you said freegan what is that can you, can you define yeah so freegan the term freeganism sort of derives from veganism actually um and there are many different reasons somebody might be a freegan um for me my attraction to it is um 
I got to be careful there. There, there are political undertones to Freeganism that sort of drew me to that. Um, and a lot of times, um, you know, you'll have a vegan who is vegan for certain environmental reasons, various reasons that can be met. Um, their their logic for being a vegan can be met by being a freegan just as well. Um, now, if your if your interest is in health and that sort of thing, obviously it can't um, because you'll be eating <laughs> yeah, you'll be whatever. eating meat yeah. or whatever, or um, you know stuff like that. But so I, freeganism just means that it's food that um, has been procured for free. I think in general, it's usually dumpster diving. Sometimes people will spread that out to mm-hmm. basically just being a bad person who is <laughs> like um, stealing or getting your friends to yeah. buy everything for you. <laughs> yeah. And that's not cool. <laughs> uh, I knew someone who uh, vegan when I met him, but had been freegan when he lived in DC and said that the half smoke was the holy grail of, of freaganism <laughs> because like, it's the only time he could ever eat that like justify it yeah and that's how I learned what a half smoke was because neither of us lived in DC at the time so that's interesting yeah. so what made you move to DC um library work for the most part um my partner's a librarian as well and he made it here first and planted the flag and um I'm from Pittsburgh originally also so I used to come here all the time as a kid. Um, free museums, great place, um, so much more diversity, and um, I was thrilled to come make a life here. What about you, Tracy? Library work? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I grew up in Columbia, mm-hmm. and so between like DC and Baltimore until I was in high school, and so I was very used to and familiar with DC Um, and then I went away and did other things and when I had an opportunity to come back my sister was living in DC at the time and I thought you know I've always lived in suburbs Mm -hmm. literally right outside of cities (laughs) but why not just live in a city and see if I like it and if I don't then I can you know find something else Mm -hmm. and it's been 11 years and I don't see myself moving um, outside of D.C. unless something dramatic happens. (laughs) (laughs) And we talked a little bit earlier about how in Texas it's different to find food than here in D.C. Do you guys feel it's the same way? Do you feel like there's different food choices and are you able to find the same stuff that you eat now? Were you able to find it then? Or was there like a forced transition because now you're in a different environment? And there's different food available. Because I've always lived in suburbs right outside of a major city like Philadelphia, New York, Baltimore, D.C. Um, and as you get older and there's more available right. different types of food. Um, because maybe like 10 years ago... 11 years ago when I was living in South Jersey access to say Ethiopian food wasn't (laughs) as available as even when I first moved here in 2008 not necessarily as available it was there but not as accessible as it is now Um, so depending on people moving in and different restaurants opening up um, so I've never had 
much problem finding diverse food, except for when I went to college in Southwest Virginia near Tech. Um, it was very hard. It was basically just a lot of, you know, good, yummy country cooking, which <laughs> was great. Not very healthy, not very diverse, but it was great. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I mean, just speaking to like the vegan point, I when I was vegan in 2012, that's already it was already so much easier than it would have been like 10 years ago or even five years ago. Um, Pittsburgh has a really great um, like art scene, a really great like countercultural scene, I would even say, and so there was there are a lot of options there. Um, and so coming to DC, it was really just like switching up just, you know, the individual places I would go. But I mean, there are still places that I would eat in Pittsburgh before I moved that like when I go visit, I still go back. I would definitely say I'm from DC and, um, the only time I did go away was for college and I went to Frostburg. And there was, <laughs> I can attest to this, there was basically, like, I think it was a food line in the Walmart. Um, mm-hmm. And even that was like not super close. Um, so just when it comes to food, and of course, as a college student, you were unhealthy. And mm-hmm. um, I think I ate pizza pretty much every day. And I was a calf and had an omelet for breakfast. There was this one, one gentleman who made the best omelet. <laughs> and I would just be like, you just throw some veggies in there so I could just feel good about life. Um, well, that's pretty much it. I can attest to just being somewhere else and not having, uh, like, just stuff now. DC, DC has changed as well. Mm-hmm. DC has changed a lot. And one big thing has changed is the grocery stores. Mm-hmm. My parents live in that Brooklyn, Fort Town area mm-hmm. where they're so close to the border of Hyattsville that it's easier just to go out to Maryland mm-hmm. to go to uh, grocery stores. And the only thing at the time over there was a giant, and technically that's in Maryland. Um, now there's Trader Joe, there's Mom's Organic, yeah. uh, there's Whole Foods that's uh, further up in College Park, but it's still accessible to my um, to DC residents. Mm-hmm. And I think DC and even surrounding Maryland has changed so much when it comes to food. But you're right; it's only kind of been on one side. It hasn't really kind of hit that southern border of BC um, now, where you have kind of like the other side of the bridge and Ward Seven or Ward Eight which is where you kind of need um, those healthy food options. And I'm hoping that now there's a Busboys and Poets in Anacostia, (laughs) this will lead to more development of healthier grocery stores um, like Trader Joe's Mm -hmm. that are very um, economic. They're like, they're really good, you know, prices and and just kind of move to, or have like a store location somewhere else. I know there's a lot of like food ops they used to have with food what were those called? Well, they're like co-ops, food co-ops they used to have mm-hmm. yeah. at one point. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it'd be kind of cool if we had more of those in the city. Absolutely. Um, that's, you know, I think that's a cool development that could happen. I feel like we're moving towards that to have access to food everywhere. Um, I just think it's interesting how there's so many food choices, but it's kind of in the center of the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to that point, it sort of fits in really perfectly. Um, something that, I think might be worth plugging here um, is there's an event coming up in July at the Deanwood Library. Uh, that sounds really exciting to me. It's an author talk with Dr. Ashante Reese. 
um, black food geographies. Awesome. So I'm just going to sort of skim the um, description Mm -hmm. here. Um, It says that in black food geographies, Reese examines the structural forces that determine food access in urban areas, highlighting black residents' navigation and resistance to unequal food distribution systems. Um, That sounds so much like what's Mm -hmm. happening in parts of D.C. So um, that that if you're interested in that, that's going to be Saturday, July 6th at 3.30 at the Deanwood Library. Um, if, if I'm not on duty, I think I might be there. <laughs> yeah, that sounds exciting. Yeah, that's a really awesome event. There's also another event happening on the May 7th, right? Yeah, I mean, there is another ongoing thing where um, the library on, on the go-go and the book bike are at um, Fresh Farm uh, City Center Market. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, every second Tuesday of the month. Do you know much about the library on the go-go? I don't. I'm hoping someone else here can tell us. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, Library on the Go-Go um, is a little play on words. We have two vehicles right now on the go-go. We have the book bike and we have our truck. Um, and basically, it's to help bring library services to areas of the city that have had barriers and challenges accessing services so we're bringing it to them where they are but also exposing what the library is and what the library can do in different areas like at a farmer's market Um, and books that we would bring there to circulate are you know cookbooks or healthy eating or things like that or if you have diabetes these are you know food choices that you could make um, and so the go-go is a, because we're on the go-go, <laughs> we also are tying it in, you know, a little bit with DC go-go music and culture, but that. also the fact that the library is kind of like a Swiss army knife, like our vehicles, <laughs> we can pretty much do anything and everywhere, depending on what the need is. So if you're older mm-hmm. and you know, go-go gadget from cartoon um we are kind of like go-go gadget <laughs> i love that i love that yeah, that's, and once again tracy is the manager of our outreach for dc public library and she knows a lot about the library on the go-go because she is the manager mm-hmm. and yes. she can she oversees all of that mm-hmm. and once again the fresh farm city center is located on the park at city center south of new york avenue between 10th and 11th street northwest um and i also would like to plug Joyful Markets. Um, They are a community outreach branch of Martha's Table. Um, And so over the summer at Deanwood uh, Rec Center, which also houses our Deanwood Library and other locations, um, they set up, you know, where you can, communities can come and get fresh food, um, vegetables, fruit, and also bread and others, depending on what they have, other things as well. They also do um, a cooking demo of what you're picking up that day, what you can do with it. The library is always there. We are um, there to sign up people for library cards, promote other and answer questions about library services, um, and also distribute free books. So... 
we're not quite sure exactly which dates and locations as of right now, but we will have those posted up on our website. Awesome. But cool. definitely at the Deanwood location. Oh, that is super cool. cool. Look at the library. Mm-hmm. Food consciousness and the library. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think there's, you know, all sorts of body and mind conscious sort of things that happen at the library. I know at the Shepherd Park Library we have regular yoga. Um, are there other things that you guys are aware of that the that happen at the library that might benefit somebody's trying to improve their body or their mind? Well, I mean, there. Are, I know. I mean, besides yoga, I know there are different different kind of physical fitness opportunities. Um, I'm not sure if Zumba is still happening. It's happening for a little while. But there are things like, um, I know Northeast Library, which um, is in my neighborhood. I'm the manager of the Southeast Branch, but Northeast is a close neighbor. Um, they have a cookbook club that's pretty amazing. I was about oh, to cool. say, like, uh-huh. isn't there a yeah. cookbook club? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't remember where. <laughs> yeah, it is. Nope, it's at Northeast. Um, Sean has been leading it for years now. I think he at some point got uh, a shout out in the Washington Post for it and everything um that's a really cool resource and i know he does a lot to make sure that the titles he picks are cover a range of different things that's awesome really cool well i'll definitely say there are a few books that i like that kind of talk about food and i love a good cookbook but is there any books that you recommend about food and food consciousness so um I did my homework for this because <laughs> I am actually, um, to my to my embarrassment, I I don't cook as much as I should. Um, but when I do, I am very. I need a I need a, a game plan. I need a recipe. Um, uh, the woman Terry Walters, uh, her cookbook is I think it's called Clean Eating, and then there's another one that's like Clean Health. Terry Walters is her name. Anyway, they're all plant based. They're all vegan. Um, and uh, it just isn't like immediately clear from the way it's written, but she does really simple things that are really, I found really easy, especially when I was um, in grad school <laughs> and on, on a pretty tight budget to um, put together. Um, and then for the other end of things, um, Issa Chandra Moskowitz is this amazing um, vegan chef who's been in it forever. She has numerous books in the system. Um, the Veganomicon is one, but she's got tons. Um, and I particularly love her sweets recipes because she just doesn't. She just goes for it. Like, there's so much sugar, but, <laughs> like, she makes it work. So when you, you want to bring something for, like, a staff event and it's, like, you don't want everyone to be, like, oh, the vegan brought this, um, <laughs> they're really good. I will definitely say to that effect, um, there's one vegan dessert that I like a lot. Um and it's, it's kind of weird, and before, um, I found it randomly in the newspaper, so shout out to the newspaper for having a vegan, <laughs> <laughs> having a vegan sweets recipe. And it's, it's like three ingredients. It's pineapple, sweet potato, and brown sugar. That is it. All you have to do is cut up those sweet potatoes and um, chop up your little pineapple, throw it together, have your brown sugar, mix it, mm-hmm. and then like your yams, um, if you're ready for cookout season like I am. 
Um, you just want to throw them in the oven and let it sit for an hour. You have some really, really good sweet potatoes, and it tastes so sweet. It's delicious, and it's not the healthiest. <laughs> sweet potatoes, sweet potatoes. Yeah, it's a vegetable. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's a vegetable. that's the vegetable. Like that's not yeah. green and fruit. You got yeah. some pineapple. Yeah, see in there. Yeah, some yeah some good stuff. There we go. Mm-hmm. You guys plugged it in. <laughs> um, but it's just nice to know that the library is working and being more health conscious because I feel like as a society we are. Um, trying to do better with health and especially when you're like a millennial and you really don't want to cook um, <laughs> but there's food options there um, you kind of want to take make the best decision possible um, there's a lot of vegan restaurants and uh, in the city one is like hip city veg that was in gallery place uh, and there's a lot there's more as well I think it's cool that this is now a trend that's happening where we want you to be healthy and there's a place for everyone and their diet whether you eat meat or not I'm not gonna you know if you love meat look I like a good burger too there's a Christie's house like in DC as well um, so just a kind of good point to lead that although we have these uh, healthy initiatives there's also more work to do in the city like having more grocery stores in ward 7 and ward 8 because it's unacceptable to have people to go to maryland or to have access to food um and it's worth keeping in mind too that it ties in on a macro level too i was just listening to the kojo nomdi show on the way over here um and their topic today was partially about transportation and ride mm-hmm. sharing and yep. scooters and everything and they were talking about how um you know, part of that is having like sidewalks um, everywhere so that people could actually walk places. So it's not, it's also just not enough to have grocery stores. They need right. to be places that people can get to who are, who have different circumstances and have different things right. going on in their lives. Because there's a huge uh, Safeway on Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, I believe it's in Ward 7, almost Ward 8. Um, but if you want to do your weekly grocery shopping or you have a family of three or four and you don't have a car, yeah. you have to get on a bus. You have to get the bus there because you can't walk with all of that grocery. No. Right. So it's, you know, if that's your only major grocery store in your area, even if it's a mile away, mm-hmm. right. you it's can't. It's a problem. You, right. right. It's a... So... I agree. I feel like more work needs to be done, and it's just interesting kind of diving into your lives a bit and just finding out, like, how do you find food at work? And luckily, I have been in a great, uh, uh, after I kind of, I'm bounced around a lot also as a library associate for D.C. um, Public Libraries. And, of course, we kind of go everywhere and do everything, and a part of that is going to new locations. And uh, recently, I've been blessed with going to a location that, allows me walking distance of two grocery stores. There is a Yes Organic as well as a Trader Joe's, um, maybe a five minute walk for me. But there's also other locations that you have staff and residents who are not able to access fresh fruit or fresh vegetables or just if they want to save a little bit of money, it's cheaper to buy a sandwich from the grocery store than yeah. it is to actually go and buy it from a chain. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just something to be mindful about and I'm glad we have this conversation where we can have a platform to kind of discuss those things and there's a lot of libraries supporting this room and we're glad the library is doing such cool initiatives to do that from the uh, branch perspective as well as outreach yeah i think it's really awesome that you know outreach participates in these um sort of public community um 
things going on. And, uh, you know, I remember when I worked at Northwest One, um, there would be a farmer's market there and we would get to go out and participate. Right. It was really cool. Um, so yeah. hopefully that continues. Yeah, and so. I think we had a really cool discussion today and I hope you guys enjoyed. So just to let you guys know, we will take a month long hiatus. Whoa. But we return on June 4th. Now, now, that said, there will still be DC <laughs> yeah. Library Radio. Yes, just Library Verse. Library, library Verse is taking a break. Um, watched it clarified. Just come, come on into the building, connect with Outreach. Exactly. Yes, you know. but in the meantime, yes, you can connect with Outreach. Um, they're going to be at the Fresh, ooh, Fresh Farm City Center location. Mm-hmm. Um, so they will be there and also stop by at any of our branches locations you can find interesting cookbooks and vegan cookbooks or if you want to cook that steak right for the cookouts you can definitely go there as well um, this has been an episode of into the libraryverse on full service radio broadcast live from the line hotel in adams morgan washington dc please visit dclibrary.org to learn more about the library programs and services follow us on instagram at dc public library and on twitter at dcpl Listen and download the show wherever you listen to your podcast by searching for Full Service Radio. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on Mixcloud.com slash Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at fullserviceRDO on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.